0: Welcome, you're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. This is your host, John Martolero. And this week my guest is a Mac Observer colleague, a podcaster, a host of the Morning <laughs> Mac Observer's Daily Observations Podcast, and founding volunteer of App Camp for Girls, Miss Kelly Gumont. Kelly welcome.
1: <laughs> Hi, John. You make me sound so busy.
0: <laughs> I think you are busy.
1: I am really busy, I will say that, yeah.
0: Folks, this is kind of a departure from the normal show. Uh, since sometimes it's fun to just let your hair down and relax, and Kelly and I do a fireside chat. And we're <laughs> going to talk about our favorite TV shows, because I am really pumped about a couple of them. Who wants to go first?
1: Oh, yes. I think you should go first, because I know that there's one that you are desperate to talk about. I can hear your face light up when you talk about this show even when we're not on video chat i can tell you're excited
0: here's the the story i think it was the fall of 2017 or maybe january of 2018 when star trek discovery came out and it was exclusive to cbs all access and i was tied up at Mm -hmm. the time i was busy watching a whole bunch of episodes of a show on netflix called heartland about mm-hmm. a horse ranch in Calgary, Canada, and raising horses and training horses. And it went for a lot of seasons, and my wife and I were really enjoying it because my wife loved horses. So we, And I also had this thing where I wasn't real excited about being strong-armed into CBS All Access. I know Jeff <laughs> signed up for, for a subscription, subscription, and he binge-watched. Star Trek mm-hmm. Discovery, and then he, he bailed out. But I don't like to be under pressure. And I don't like to have to subscribe and undescribe. And, I, and I'm not a binge watcher, as a matter of fact. So right, I decided I was going to wait. And I thought, you know, if, if I wait long enough, I'll be able to get Star Trek Discovery on my terms. So lo and behold, I had a Christmas gift certificate. And I thought, well, that's a good way to use this money was to just buy Star Trek Discovery on iTunes. Which is in high definition, as far as I can tell. Not 4K. I don't know about Season 2, but anyway. It looks awfully good in high definition. And right away I got really excited about Star Trek Discovery. I got really excited about Vulcan Academy cadet turned Starfleet officer who got court-martialed turned science officer on the Bridge of Discovery. Mm -hmm. Um, played by a young woman. I can't pronounce her name. I'm going to give it a shot. (laughs) Sequoia Martin-Green or something like that. And she plays science officer Michael Burnham. Mm
1: -hmm. This is
0: about 10 years before the Enterprise with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock. And -hmm. what's interesting about the show is, is that they've made an interesting technical decision about how to integrate the technology of the times that we saw in the past namely the flip-open communicator and the hand phasers versus the display technology on the bridge and the technology of the ship in general and the scenes and the structure of the ship. So there's an interesting mixture of the old and the new, which I thought was fascinating. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I thought was fascinating was the um, was that young woman who was a former Vulcan Academy cadet who who's. Who was taken under the wings of Sarek, Spock's father, Mm -hmm. and she's just incredible. I really like this actress. She plays the role beautifully. She brings some some real logic and zip and hard nosed acting to the part. She's logical, but she's also very human. And I think it's just a fascinating show. Have you seen it?
1: I have not. Um, I like you, I sort of went, well, I don't have to worry about seeing it almost because I don't, because I know enough people who will pay it and check it out that I'll find out whether or not it's worth my time pretty quickly and I'll know, you know, pretty early on. And there were, um, I think like a lot of shows, uh, it's a little uneven at first, the first few episodes, you know, yeah, as they find the their feet, which a is a thing awkward. that happens. Well,
0: it took Star Trek Next Generation an entire first season for the crew to meld. OK, it, it only took. Two you, st- you
1: think it only took a season because I'm going to say it took for it took until Riker grew his beard. If you're watching an episode and you can see Riker's chin, don't watch. Because that was when they really found their groove. I don't know how his beard ties into that, but as soon as you see Riker with a beard, <laughs> you're okay. Frakes. If Riker doesn't have a beard, bail. Yeah. That's that. I feel like that's a pretty fair rule of thumb. But people um, had nice things to say about it and uh, enjoyed it uh, when it was on and all of that. So uh, it was a thing I just sort of meant to check out. And then... Um, Game of Thrones came back and Westworld was on and other shows. And, you know, I ended up doing like a podcast about something else. And so, um, I kept ending up watching these other things instead, including, uh, one of my picks, which I will uh, talk about in a little bit. And so part of
0: that happens because there's just so much to watch.
1: Yeah. So part of what ended up happening to me was, uh, taking those things, uh, and watching them instead. And so uh, Discovery, beca- and because it's all access, was like, I have to make sure that I sit down and, you know, set up the streaming and everything and then watch it and then cancel it or buy it on iTunes or whatever. I have like another step to do. So some of this other stuff was like, oh, it's on Amazon Prime. Just go watch it. Or, oh, it's on this. Just go watch it. So um, it was it was more a, a question of um, I kept trying to prioritize it and failing <laughs> <laughs> for things that just ended up needing more priority for one reason or another. It's so so that's what happened.
0: ITunes, you just click and you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's I, I see. How many episodes are there? I'm looking at the episode guide. Um, in the first season, there are 16 episodes and iTunes charges something like 34 bucks as I recall. So it's just about $2 an episode.
1: So yeah. even if you buy them as they come out, it's, you know, $1.99 an episode or whatever. That yeah. That's what yeah. happens. So, it's always yeah. in
0: your library. You don't have to worry about, you know, if I want to go back and watch another episode over again, do I have to resubscribe to CBS All Access to get in there?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's sometimes
0: it just pays to be patient and wait. And it, you can do that because there's so many things to choose from. Like I was talking about Heartland. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Another thing that's exciting to me is uh, Anson Mount. I haven't gotten that yet, far yet. Uh, I have to figure out what I'm going to do about season two because now I'm so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> I, may have to f- I may have to figure out a way to get season two, and I may have to subscribe to CBS All Access just to, because my wife and I are really enjoying season one, and, and I don't want to wait another year before it comes out on I- season two comes out on iTunes, so I don't know what I'm going to do about that. But Yeah. But uh, it, it makes it hard. But um, one of the things that annoys me about um, this, the Discovery ship is they've got this animated graphic when the ship's ready to... I hope I'm not doing a spoiler alert here. But um, the ship is able to do well, a I know special they, kind I know of jump. That,
1: I do know there are, are portions of the program that take place on a ship. So you're not ruining anything for me there.
0: Well, when, when, <laughs> the, ship, when the ship jumps to the spore drive, it does this rotation... Which is an animated sequence it looks it looks really weird. I don't think there's any anti-grav system in the universe that can deal with that kind of rotation. It looks like you know, a, a thousand and twenty-four degrees in a second, and um, it's just an unnecessarily dramatic graphic to distinguish the spore drive from the normal warp drive, and it just kind of irritates me because I I can't imagine how the crew would feel inside the ship doing that kind of maneuver. So. Uh, that kind of detracts from the suspension and disbelief, but but the bridge and 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 the ship in general is a is a interesting update of the starship concept. You know, it's every mm-hmm. time we have a new Star Trek series, we have better computer graphics and we have better technology and we can and we and there's more money to mm-hmm. create you more elaborate sets. So I
1: was thinking And it's the part other day. of what I wonder. Every time they come out with a new Star Trek, that's part of what I wonder. Because when it's something that's set in the timeline. Uh, particularly like this one, which yeah. is set right before the original series. Uh, mm-hmm. Think about what computer graphics looked like on the original series, <laughs> yeah, and think I about know. what and think and about what you can build on your computer. <laughs> person listening to this program, yeah. a, any person listening to this program can get out iMovie and make something that has slightly less obvious computer <laughs> graphics than there were on. The original series. And that's just because that's what they had at the time. I'm not knocking it. That's what it was because that's what things were at that moment. And so whenever something like this comes out, you know, it's been 50 however many years since the originals. And now they're saying and now, you know, this is actually happening before that when they used to just shake the camera and everybody flung themselves on the floor every time the ship got hit. So. That's what I always wonder is how they're going to mix those things, and I'm glad to hear specifically that was the thing that you pointed out earlier that they're yeah. um, old that the old and the new have a nice balance there.
0: right, right. I think I like the engineering section of the Star Trek next Generation better. They've got that big table in the middle with the liquid crystal display covering the whole table, and it's kind of cozier and more technical. engineering section of the discovery looks awfully bluish and awfully stark and awfully empty anyway mm-hmm. gotta move on, gotta move on. <laughs> <laughs> the next show I want to talk about is a science fiction medical drama. You've, you probably are taken aback by that and think, what could that possibly be? But it's incredibly well done. It's a Canadian show, and it takes place in Toronto, and it's Hope Zion Hospital, and the cast is great. It's Erica Durant from Smallville and, yeah. and Michael Shanks, who played Dan- Dr. Daniel Jackson on Stargate. And he plays, and, and they are uh, involved with each other, and, and they're on the track to get married. And they're in a car accident, and he ends up in a coma, and that lasts a long time. And one of the things that happens while he's in the coma is he has this out-of-body awareness and presence where he's able to walk around the hospital and talk to other dead people. Oh, Okay who appear to him in spirit form, and they're hanging around until it's their time to leave. So if they're on the operating table and, say, they're close to dying, they their spirit may show up in his presence and he'll have conversation with them. And uh, he spends the entire first season in a coma. So at the start of the second season, he comes out of the coma, and he's fine, and he's rehabbed, and he's able to go back to work as an orthopedist. But this ability to see people who are... Dying or dead in spirit form does not go away. <laughs> Interesting, it's driving him crazy because he he's alarmed about his um, mental stability and what mm-hmm. he thinks maybe hallucinations. But and by and by, though, however, he has is the ability to talk to people who are on the operating table and close to death, and learns things that he can in turn use to save them, health issues or, or or things that he needs to know. About that mm-hmm. person, and, and 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 helps him in the surgery. So he'll go out of he'll go out of the surgery room, the operating room, and he'll, he'll pull out his cell phone, and it'll look like he's talking on the phone, but he's really talking to the spirit. And he'll learn something, and he'll come rushing into the operating room. No, don't do that! Don't do that! And they'll say, "How did you know this?" And he says, "I just know. Trust me."
1: <laughs> so, oh my gosh.
0: And the, that sounds corny, but the production values and the actors, as mm-hmm. I said, Michael Shanks and Erica Durant and the other rest of the cast, are so good. And the music is awesome. And it's just an enchanting science fiction medical show. And it's, it leaves me unable to watch any other medical show because <laughs> they're so boring by, by comparison. They're so melodramatic and so, so drum drum and normal. And, and uh, this show has this spark of wit and, and science fiction to it that just <laughs> makes it charming. So you got to buy it on Amazon. It's not available on Amazon Prime for free, but it's 20 bucks a year, and it's about 18 episodes a year. So it's about a buck an episode, and it's the most charming medical science fiction integration. It kind of reminds me of St. Elsewhere in some regards because it can often be kind of... Playful and, and and black humor, and uh, anyway, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. So, oh, we've come to the end elsewhere. of section one. Yeah, one of my favorite <laughs> shows. Hey, you know, what we'll do is we'll quit now, and we'll take a short commercial break, and we'll come back, and I'll let you have your turn, and you can talk. Okay. All right, folks, we're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Stay with us. I'm talking with the Mac Observer's Kelly Guma. Hi, this is John Martellar with the Mac Observer. You may think that cybercrime is something that happens to other people. You may also think that no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords and credit card details, but you'd be wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see. That's why I decided to take action. To protect yourself as well from cybercriminals, I recommend ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, or tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. Using ExpressVPN, you can safely surf on public Wi-Fi Without being snooped on or having personal data stolen, and for less than seven dollars a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. ExpressVPN is rated number one by Tech Radar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So protect your online activity today, and find out how you can get three months free at ExpressVPN.com/pgm. That's e x p r e s s vpn.com slash BGM for three months free with a one-year package. Thanks, ExpressVPN, for being our sponsor. Now, back to the show. We're back. I'm chatting with Kelly Guman. We're talking about our favorite <laughs> TV shows and movies. So, we talked before the show, you had a list of a couple of things you wanted to share with me.
1: Yeah, so one of them, I think uh, this is sort of uh, your Star Trek Discovery in that uh, this is a thing that keeps popping up on a list. People keep encouraging you to watch. You keep talking about it and it never quite makes it to the top. And so I'm going to recommend to you the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon prime. And I know lots of people know about it and that it's a big deal. And, uh, and you know, it's won awards and things. And so like, I get that it's not necessarily some sort of secret undiscovered thing, but it's a thing that it's one that I want to reiterate enjoying because, um, one of the things that I have enjoyed about it first is uh, that first is that, first of all, it's, it's a different, pl- it's a completely foreign world to me where this is set twice because it's on the East Coast, it's in New York City and it's the 1950s. And so she, and so uh, this woman, like, I have absolutely no conception of what any of that is what like. I don't know what set it's like to New York City now.
0: How do you, what do you mean by that?
1: Um, well, because it's, it's the East coast, it's New York city. And so I don't have any idea what it would be like to live in New York city. So that's like sort of a foreign world to me, but also the 1950s, I I wasn't around then. And I don't know what it would be like to be that person. For example, uh, in the first episode, of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, her husband leaves her. They show it in the ads, so it's not like I'm giving anything secret away here. Uh, But when she goes and tells her parents what has happened, she ends up talking to her mom first, and her mom says, what did you do? And when she talks to her dad, her dad says, what did you do? Because it's expected that obviously he left because of something that she had done, not because he has his own set of hangups, and uh, one of those (laughs) hangups is apparently his secretary, which is why he left. So... It was interesting to me because I don't have any concept of any of that. So for me, this could just as easily be a show set in space because I don't know what it's like to live in space either. It's a completely foreign world to me. So that was one of the first things I liked about it. And one of the second things I liked about it was um, there's a whole lot of honesty in the show when there's conversations between people. Um as honest as as some things are between like a child and their parents during, you know, in the fifties and and different things like that. But there's also uh, like, there's a point where um, uh, she has to figure out what she's going to do with herself. She has children. And uh, if she doesn't have a husband, like how does she navigate through the world? How does she become, you know, continue Mm -hmm. to be a member of society in like this new iteration where there's not a man on the scene. And so, uh watching her figure that out and having and, and and watching like what that life was like and then watching her uh move through it in in the way that she does uh was was really interesting aside from the fact that the story is an entertaining story
0: so it reminds me of a movie i watched a couple years ago called it could happen to you with peter lawford from the 50s this young woman oh wow peter lawford it's just a few dollars and so she buys a billboard on the side of a building with her name. And it sort escalates from there. And then somebody else wants the billboard, and she starts negotiating with the people who want to buy her space. And then she starts accumulating more money, and then she buns into Peter Lawford, and they they start hanging together. It's a charming movie that could happen to <laughs> you. And okay. it's like she, she goes from, like, you know, nothing in her pocket, like you said, to, you know, being semi-wealthy. It's by leveraging people and ideas and and being yeah. aggressive and imaginative. So, so how does Mrs. Maisel lay out in series and seasons? Is it one season so far? Or is um,
1: it- it's two seasons are out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a third has been confirmed, mm-hmm. and um, I. Don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to look really quick. Uh, what I can tell you about it is uh, it's Amazon Prime. So uh, what I don't know is if you can get it through anything else, or if it's exclusively an Amazon Prime thing. Um, I th- I don't think they tend to make their own shows available elsewhere. So, but I do know that um, you could just buy the show on Prime. I don't think you have to have Prime Video in order to watch it. I think you can buy it like you can buy shows on iTunes. So. I think it works that way. Um, Each episode is 50 some minutes. Generally, Uh, it comes in a little bit less than an hour Um, episode or season one is 10 episodes and season two, I think, is also 10. Uh, There's a like I said, there's a season three that's been confirmed. And uh, it's to me, it was a very fun show and a very interesting show. And uh, Alex Borstein is in it uh, for for people who might remember her from Mad TV and other things she has done. And Rachel Brosnahan, who uh, had a smaller part in House of Cards and uh, I know has been in other things that I just can't think of off the top of my head. I just think of the first one that comes to mind is House of Cards that she used to be in. Um, Alex Borstein has done a variety of other things since. Uh, but mostly I think people might know her either uh, from Mad TV back in the day or um, as Lois on Family Guy for people who watch animated stuff. Cool.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah. So one that I have that is sort of preaching to the choir, John, because, because it's you is uh, Doc (laughs) Martin, Mm -hmm. which is uh, a clearly now inferior medical drama. (laughs) now that the bar has been raised for you Um, about a guy uh, who ends up leaving London. He's a doctor. He's a surgeon in London and ends up leaving London to become the general practitioner for a small coastal sort of resort town and uh, all of the people that he ends up interacting with there. And part of the reason I'm recommending this is because I'm not exactly sure how it happened but at some point in some way, uh, Mr. Kelly has stumbled, had stumbled across a couple of these episodes and both my parents love this show. And Droll both of them, is
0: the word I would use for it,
1: <laughs> both of them, wa- both, both my sets of parents watch this show religiously. They love it, love it, love it, and have watched it for ages. And, uh, and so uh, it was funny to hear my husband go, have you seen this show? This is this <laughs> show. Like this town is just all these crazy people and, and they do all this weird stuff. And, and, you know, but, but he manages not to, you know, go crazy in the middle of it and, and starts trying to like, give me the hard sell. And I'm, I'm like, honey, my parents have watched this show for years. Of course I know about it. Like I've watched, I've probably watched about half of it. Just, you know, oh, this is on, on pbs and and i'm gonna sit and listen to it while i'm doing something else or something and it's a show I kind of like and i didn't realize how seriously into it he was to the point that um like i currently have a season i just got the text message this morning i have a season on dvd on hold at the library um we can also so this is part of my i guess sort of a bonus pick is that uh, you can get at least here anyway, uh, your mileage in in where you live may vary, but a lot of libraries get a lot of DVDs and, you know, and Blu-ray. Um, including TV shows. It's not just movies. Sometimes there's TV shows and, uh, you can check that stuff out. And if you have a library that does a lot of digital stuff too, you can sometimes find them that way. So, uh, I actually had a hold on two different seasons and one of them I was able to watch uh, on a, a system called hoopla, which my library uses to do some, um, some graphic novels and some audio books and some uh, video so that there's like TV shows and, and some music even that, that you can get a hold of that way. And so uh, we watched one, ser- one the first, we, we watched a series digitally and then the next series after that came up. And so I have my hold and so now I can go get those and we can watch as many of those as we want and then we can go back to alternate back and forth between them Um and so far, it's just sort of been fun to watch it with him. And I I don't know what it is about Doc Martin that pleases him so, but I think it's because he wishes he he could be that way sometimes and just tell people to stop talking and <laughs> tell them to go away and stop doing that and what just the be very direct. Of
0: being an elderly, physician.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's part of what he likes about it. Come through, stop talking. You know, because he's very clipped and very. Uh, direct uh, uh, when he when he deals with people, so yeah, bedside manners never a place he's going to get a lot of points. But uh, it, it's always the especially the earlier episodes. I see a little bit more of a formula, which is like a few unrelated things happen that all end up tying back to something that's going on, and then uh one of those things happens to be some sort of medical mystery and the only person who can solve it is Doc Martin and then he saves the day. So um watching the earlier stuff. The other thing I like about it is that it happens in sort of real time. Like he just showed up in Port When and that's when the series starts. So you don't have to get to know all of these people and find out what all of their agendas are like. Like you meet them as he meets them and interacts with them. And I like having that sort of in, into the residence of the, of the village, right. which I think is kind of nice. So, all right, all yeah. Right.
0: Do you have another one you want to mention? Cause I've got one. If you, if you don't have another <laughs> one, on list, um, I've got one I want to mention briefly. I'll, go I'll ahead and I'll mention,
1: a- and then I'll see if that inspires me to the other one. Cause I told okay. you, I, I have an empty spot because I have sort of a, you know, if you like this, I think you'll like, yeah.
0: Another quasi science fiction series on Amazon. And this one's free if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. It's called Being Erica. It's played by a young Canadian actress named Erin Carplet. And she's a, a, a young woman living in Toronto who's got a master's degree in English, but isn't very marketable and ends up in a series of dead-end jobs. And one day she walks through a door and it turns out she has this magical therapist, Dr. Tom. And Dr. Tom has the technical capacity to send her back in time. So the first session, she, he asks her for a list of regrets, which she writes down. And not in any particular order, one by one, he starts sending her back in time to address the mistakes that she's made in her life. And his ability to send her back in time and her ability to learn from her mistakes makes for an engaging quasi-science fiction series. There's a lot of other stuff going on in the show and it's, it's not all about just her. But she has an interesting sister who's a physician. But um, this is the kind of stuff you would expect to see on the Sci-Fi Channel. But the Sci-Fi Channel has gone wrong. <laughs> gone through, through wrestling and Sharknado instead of really high-quality, imaginative, fun uh, science fiction like Being Erica.
1: Well, now I'm going to disagree with you because... As I suspected, you have made clear what my additional choice is going to be. Okay. And I freely admit that I am not holding this up as a paragon of television. I just think it's very enjoyable. And it's on sci-fi. And it's called Winona Earp.
0: Oh, I and have seen about, bits and pieces of that.
1: Yeah, it's a woman who is a descendant of Wyatt and... And, uh, the, she lives in this place and some weird stuff is happening and, uh, there are three seasons and the first two are available on Netflix. I think you can watch all of them through sci-fi, like sci-fi.com. Um, I know they have the entire third season up and, uh, I am recommending this, uh, partly because I think that I, I do enjoy the storytelling. Is it, it because it's interestingly crafted, and I don't always know where everything's going to end up? You know, you get fifteen minutes into a show, and sometimes you know exactly how how it's all going to turn out. And I don't usually have that problem with this show. It's a lot, and it's and it's fun to watch. Uh, season three is available, like I said, on the Sci-Fi site. I think you can watch all three seasons uh, through their website if you so desire but I know you can get season three um and part of the the other part of the reason that I am recommending it is because uh there has been some ambivalence ratings wise with uh creating a season four and I would like for there to be a season four so um that's the other reason I'm recommending it I tell a lot of people about this show because I want to see more of it and I hope everyone else does too um it's A fun show it's more you know people talk about popcorn movies this is like popcorn tv uh each episode is uh 40 some 50 some minutes because they're they're hour-long programs and uh like i think each episode is 12 or each series is season is like 12 episodes so 11 or 12 episodes for each one and uh i and i really like this show it's fun and what i like the one of the things that I really like about it is the relationships that everybody has. And that's one of the things that's fundamental to the show. And it's not, we're going to put these two people together because we have to have two people that are dating or anything like that. Like that's never how, how anything works. And like the heart of the show is the relationship that Winona has with her sister. And it's really nice to watch. And, uh, it, and there's some fun stuff, Uh, That happens here and there That's just sort of entertaining or goofy or weird And uh, it's a show that I really like
0: Is it a Canadian production by any chance?
1: It is uh, I want to say that they film in Alberta But I'm not 100% convinced of that uh, But yes, a goodly portion of it happens in Canada
0: I've developed uh, an appreciation for not only the BBC Mysteries But uh, the CBC shows from Canada Heartland Mm -hmm. Being Erica Saving Hope uh, and, and this show as well, there's some really high-quality writing and character yeah. development and imagination mm-hmm. uh, coming out of the Canadian television system. And uh, it's showing up on American TV, and it's nice to see.
1: Yeah, and uh, for people of my generation who remember watching Anne of Green Gables, that was a Canadian television production uh, back in the day when we were all much younger, Uh the, the girl who played Anne in that show uh, is now a person who has a significant role on Winona Earp, and she's a lot of fun. All
0: right. Cool. So, Well, yeah. with that, we're going to have to call it. We've uh, kind of run out of time. Burned up our 30 minutes. Okay.
1: <laughs> I had no doubt we would.
0: <laughs> Tell the listeners how to contact you on Twitter because you have an interesting name on Twitter.
1: On Twitter, you can find me as Verso. That's V-E-R-S-O. And uh, what that is, is a publishing term for the left-hand side of a a page. Like when you open a book, uh, the left-hand side is referred to as verso and the right-hand side is referred to as recto and I'm left-handed. So that was where I got that word from and I thought it was cool. cool.
0: I always wondered about that. I I never knew the answer to that question until just now. That's fascinating. And (laughs) I am am Jay Marchalero all one string on Twitter. So send us your thoughts and tell us about your favorite shows and uh, we'll respond. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this session with Mac Observer colleague of mine, Kelly Gumont. And you've been listening to the Mac Observer's background mode. We'll see you again next week.